yeah, a good analogy would be to think of wine. If you thought of a really, really high quality wine, you'd probably associate it with a specific vineyard, like specific variety of grape. But we, what we want to do is change people's association of the coffee to that specific producer. And that gives those specific producers the opportunity to earn more money. Home roasting is very big in the particularly in places like Taiwan and Korea. My book was translated very quickly into Chinese. So a lot of home roasters became micro-businesses, and I think there's been a lot of growth in that area. Welcome back to the Fifth Wave Podcast. I'm Jeffrey Young, Editor-in-Chief of coffee business magazine, Fifth Wave. The specialty coffee market has exploded in these last 20 years, and the equipment available for the serious coffee consumer is becoming increasingly sophisticated. $10,000 espresso machines for the home are now available, a product that was unthinkable even five years ago. The most sophisticated home coffee consumers, the prosumers, are sometimes reaching the skill levels of professional baristas. Now, one would think, as I have, that this passion for quality would naturally translate to coffee roasting as well, and that we're on the precipice of an explosion in home roasting. But to what extent is this actually true? To explore the market for home roasting, we'll be speaking with Andrew Storty of Ikawa, Tom Owen of Sweet Maria's, and to begin, we're taking a broad view of the home roasting market by speaking with industry legend Kenneth Davids, author of the book Home Coffee Roasting. Welcome, Ken. Thank you. Great to be here. I wonder if you'd just give us a elevator pitch and a snapshot of, you know, how long have people been roasting coffee at home? It's odd that we sort of think of home roasting as an anomaly, as a, something unusual or a new trend, of course, because in the history of coffee, uh, everybody home roasted for at least 100, 150 years. The technologies of a shop roasting coffee in 1800 was very much just a larger version of uh, home coffee roasting. So the idea that Coffee is pre-roasted, pre-ground, pre-brewed in the case of the instant coffee. All of that is in the big picture anomalies, changes. So in a sense, home roasting is just sort of a move into the fundamental, moving back, which is just a logical uh, extension of a general interest um, in people to reclaim the sources of their foods and beverages and understand them better and control them better to simply immerse themselves in the product and getting back to past the impact of industrialization and and so on. So um, I think uh, home roasting is a revival, of course. That's what I said in my book. But of course, in the uh, 1950s and 60s, the complete triumph of industrialization of coffee occurred. And, but in a sense, the, the attitudes that led to the revival of home roasting started with specialty coffee, looking at coffee as an agricultural product of great interest, as opposed to something you just bought in a store already packaged uh, 
ultimately, that impulse is in about 10 or 20 years afterwards led to the, what we think of as the home coffee roasting. What made you want to write a book on home coffee roasting? Um, I started with one of the earlier cafes in Berkeley, California in the early 70s. So I've written four books on coffee. And the one on home roasting was the third one. And the first edition was 1996. And by then I was doing a lot of traveling for coffee and lecturing. And after lectures, people would come often sidle up to me and say, yeah, hey, uh, you know, I've been roasting my own coffee. Uh, People were discovering that they could do this, but there was no real movement or no real communication about it. And I had roasted my own coffee in various uh, improvised ways for years when I couldn't get out of somebody's sample roaster. So I thought, this is a good subject for a book, and I think it took off. But it also took off soon after in East Asia, where it's huge. I mean, home roasting is very big, in the, particularly in places like Taiwan and Korea. My book was translated very quickly into Chinese. I brought out a second edition about seven years later, and then I, I started doing coffee review, got distracted, and the publisher's been beating on me to do a new edition ever since. And I'm finally starting to do that. Great. So obviously your publisher sees something in it to get you to do a third edition of the home roasting book. Why now? To be blunt about it, my publisher is influenced by the people in Korea and China who want a new edition, where it's it's uh, super, uh, as you know, you could go on Amazon and type in home roasting machines and you'll get about 30 or 40, and all but two or three are made in East Asia. But also, of course, the last 10 years have been a huge changes in roasting generally with the advent of computers, somebody who has a little laptop computer and gets a fairly sophisticated home roasting device can just jump right in with the big guys. So I can see how Asian markets, they like the latest and greatest. And But what about home coffee roasting in America? How has that changed since your last edition of your book, say, you know, nearly 20 years ago now? Yes, there's been advances in home equipment, although two of the most important have come out of Europe, one out of UK, which is the Akawa home roaster. It's a kind of a breakthrough based on accumulation of technology and thinking. And there's a Danish device called the Bullet that's a lot more expensive and roasts more coffee that's also very innovative. So the innovation in machinery is really coming out of Europe right now, at least in those two cases. The Asian machines are not really innovations. They're uh, They're more in the tradition of home roasting. Do it yourself. Go to your kitchen and put some stuff together at workshop, and there you got a roaster. In the United States, I think it's just matured. The home roasting thing has matured. I think it's growing, but it's growing inside the general trend to get more and more sophisticated about coffee. So I would say... In the United States, the people who do home roasting are about three categories. One category is somebody who loves coffee and 
starts in on home roasting for a while, off and on, you know, to kind of surprise their friends. And uh, But then they go back to buying coffee on the Internet, probably, to get the best beans from the best roasters. And then there are people who are genuinely committed, I think, to having fresh coffee, and they do it all the time. I think that's a relatively small group, frankly. And uh, finally, then there are people who, uh, we call them prosumers, I think you call them that in the UK too, and they're just on the edge of being a, they, they think about being a professional coffee roaster, opening their own shop, or at least selling to the neighborhood. Or at farmer's markets, that's a big outlet in the United States for these people. They'll just roast a coffee on Friday and they'll sell it on Saturday and Sunday at the farmer's market. That's actually a very thriving little niche. So those are the three categories, I think. And the prosumer thing is huge in Asia. Why don't people do more home roasting? I think the smoke is a big thing. <laughs> if you roast a quantity of coffee, particularly if you roast it dark, and you roast a quantity enough for you and your partner for a week, you have to produce a lot of smoke. And a lot of the times, of course, in most climates where people drink coffee, they can't roast outside except for a few months of the year. So uh, that's a big problem. Another problem, of course, is mastering a kind of a good, consistent roast is a big problem. And we don't have the equipment yet to uh, to deal with that. In the UK, you've produced the Akawa home roaster. It only produces 90 grams, I think. That's why I think they're passionate people who like to hover, learn how to roast using simple equipment. It's uh, wonderful for them. They understand coffee better, but then they go back to buying it. Thanks, Ken, for joining us here today. Thank you. What we've learned is that home roasting has been around for hundreds of years. And as Kenneth explained, roasted ground coffee is actually the innovation. And while home roasting is a slow growth opportunity in most markets, there's a clear explosion of interest in Asia where prosumers buy micro roasting equipment on their way to becoming coffee professionals. Kenneth also mentioned the US market is actually quite a mature market. And we understand it's also one of the largest markets for home roasting. So now let's get a deeper insight into the US by speaking with Tom Owen, co-owner of Sweet Maria's, one of the most established green bean suppliers for home coffee roasting in the US. Sweet Maria's started 25 years ago when Tom himself was seeking small quantities of good green beans to roast in his own home. Today, their business model is essentially to purchase larger lots of high-quality green coffee put them into smaller bags, and ship them to home roasters all across America. Yeah, welcome, Tom. Thanks. Good to be here. I wonder if you could tell us about how you feel the home roasting market has changed since those early days 25 years ago. It's still very much what it was in 1997, which is a very much a do-it-yourself. People still roast in all kinds of ad hoc ways and popcorn poppers and cast iron skillets. So is what you're saying, it really hasn't changed much in all that time? It's still very much a cottage business and still very small scale? Yeah, it's a niche in a niche, really. And for me, that's where it belongs, actually. Mm. The idea that 
home coffee roasting is something everybody should be doing and that it would just become another appliance in your kitchen along with your grinder, your rice cooker, your toaster oven. That's never made sense to me, honestly. I would have thought, and hence part of the reason of doing this episode, I would have thought there would have been a growing intrigue with more and more sophisticated people wanting to really get behind the bean and understand the origin and play with it. Home roasting is taking this thing, green coffee, to the point of fire, and it creates smoke. And it's hard to package that in a way that somebody's going to really want to bring into their home. Some people will, but that's a small group of people. And I think for a lot of people, it just still feels like one step too far into the process. It's great if your uncle, who's an engineer and just does everything himself, does home roasting and shares some with you. But it's just, I think, feels like a little bit too much for a lot of people. And I agree. I think it is a little too much for a lot of people. I think it's just for a certain group who wants to take that extra step. And who is that certain group now? And has that changed from the early days? A lot of them are either more dedicated in the kitchen and to kitchen craft or more engineer types who just like to really get behind things. Um, that maker crowd, people that 3D print little things for around their house and just have projects all the time. So you, you haven't really described them as coffee aficionados? I mean, I don't want to like disparage coffee consumers, but there's a lot of sort of advanced consumers who are, I think, more just about taking an Instagram photo of their espresso coming out or something. That's their form of enjoyment is showing to people what they do. And I, I guess there's some home roasters that the act of doing is just showing it on their uh, social media or something. But I feel like the people who really do it long-term really enjoy the challenge that every professional roaster knows of you're taking this agriculture product that's always changing and trying to get this result that you're happy with through this sort of machine process and all the variables. And it, it is hard. It's very challenging. I think people enjoy that. They enjoy taking the whole thing on from start to finish. Is the actual volumes of and numbers of customers growing? Can you feel that there's some momentum in the market? It was a business very well suited for the pandemic. It's home focused and people are stuck at home. So just like all the kitchen crafts and baking and maybe home beer brewing, they all did quite well. But in the bigger picture, like is home roasting growing? I'm really not very convinced. I can't see a big growth. That could change. I think where the growth is, is in a, in a related area of the super micro roaster. So it was kind of like people who home roasted and then they started sharing at their office and then they maybe went into a farmer's market type situation. Yeah. But in Asia for a long time, when I'd be passing through on my way to a coffee origin, I'd be hearing and seeing these roasters that were running a whole shop off a one kg little coffee roaster. And I think that has spread along with people selling on Etsy and various things. So a lot of home roasters became micro businesses. And I think there's been a lot of growth in that area. Oh, very interesting. So in a sense, this passion leads to a micro business that then turns into a real business. When I go to the coffee conferences, it's 
nonstop meeting people who started home roasting who want to just say hi and say, hey, I was buying all my coffee from you and now we're get this or that. And we've had businesses that have become full-blown commercial enterprises. I mean, at one time, James Freeman from Blue Bottle was a Sweet Maria's customer. So. Wow. Yeah. That's a, that's a claim to fame. That's going way back though. <laughs> yeah. Are there any standout home equipment companies that are actually making some success? There, there have been. I think um, the Alio Bullet Roaster and the Ikawa yeah. have made roads into the sort of high end of roasting your own coffee. The Ikawa seems to solve quite a few problems and it's because it's high tech and you run it with an app and it looks good something you might actually want on your counter. Mm. And in the case of the Bullet, it roasts up to a full kg of coffee using a computer interface if you want or the machine directly. It's quite a large machine. So I think both of those companies have shown a lot of innovation. But it appeals, you know, the one is now, I don't know, $1,800 and $3,500. So this is not for the student (laughs) in the the dormitory to university student to roast it. And in the low end, in the intro end, we introduced our own coffee roaster. It was just called Popper. And it was basically a dressed up popcorn popper, which is why the name was tongue in cheek, <laughs> but it has air and heat flow control and a, and a timer. That started at $80. And there's various machines dedicated to roasting that 150 up to the Be More one pound roaster, $450. But I feel like all these have their drawbacks. Yeah, I'm not really sure that there's a silver bullet in terms of equipment that would get people to buy it. And um, I'm not sure if you're aware of this Kickstarter that happened. A, a company in Germany was going to produce a machine that roasted, ground, and brewed coffee. So you'd put yep. green coffee in and you would get out a cup of coffee. Yep. And this idea of the all-in-one machine seemed to really take off and they raised a huge amount of money. And um, I believe the whole Kickstarter just imploded. Um, I don't know if they produced anything from it. And so to, just to finish off, what do you think the future of home roasting is going to be? Any, any new developments? Anything that's going to make things perk up quicker? How do you think the market will be in five years' time from now? I think it's just going to always be there. I don't think it's going to be an amazing like growth and boom in home roasting. I could be wrong. There could be, you know, optimistically that there's some technical innovation that makes it really accessible and attractive to everybody. But I I really just don't see it. And I think it's in the nature of taking this particular type of thing into your kitchen and doing it with the smoke it generates, with the fact that you really are taking the green bean, which is basically cellulose, uh, you know, it's it's wood in the, the structure of it, and you're taking it to the point just before fire by definition. So it's a risky operation to take into your kitchen. And I just don't see that either simplifying it with an all-in-one machine like that Kickstarter that was going to go from green bean to the cup or something else is really going to solve that and make that really attractive to everybody. 
And I think that proliferation of really good local roasters just everywhere, every small town that has access to fresh locally roasted coffee, I think that satisfies a lot of that desire. And I think rightly it should. So I think it's just going to be a niche thing, a, a hobby for the, the nutters. Yeah. <laughs> the people are just, just got to go a little bit further and enjoy that and get a lot of pleasure out of just being deeply involved in the process from start to finish. Wonderful, uh, Tom. That, uh, that's been absolutely amazing. Thanks for joining us here today on Fifth Wave. Great. Thanks for having me. Home roasting appeals to the geek, the tinkerer, and it's opening doors for an explosion of micro-roasters. But after 25 years steeped in the home roasting market, Tom believes that we'll not see widespread adoption anytime soon. He pointed out that the high price of quality roasting machines, the technical difficulties in perfecting a roast, but the real barrier is in fact that global coffee aficionados are already spoiled for choice from a plethora of high-quality local roasters all over the world. But what if roasting was made easier and high-quality roasters were more affordable? How big could that opportunity be? Let's answer that by speaking with Andrew Storty, founder of Ikawa, a tabletop coffee roaster the size of a kettle that can roast 100 or so grams of coffee at a time. Ikawa is well known for its professional sample roaster and recently launched a new consumer roaster priced around $1,500. The Ikawa home roasting system allows the coffee lover to simply pour in the green beans from their subscription, scan a QR code on their phone, and the Ikawa will roast their coffee automatically based on suggested recipes. Welcome, Andrew. Thanks, Jeff. It's great to see you as well. Great. So tell us about Kawa, you're a literally a home roasting machine or are you targeting the professional market as well? To describe what we do in the simplest form is we make coffee roasting easy. So we currently sell into two markets. Probably the majority of our business is selling to coffee companies. And in that context, the machine is used as a sample roaster. So that's when people taste coffee, they roast a small amount of coffee before they start. But in the consumer context, which is the original vision of a company, similarly, the technology makes coffee roasting easy for the consumer. Do you see this trend to home roasting? Um, is it starting to take off? I think having done this for the last, say, since 2008, every year we go to London Coffee Festival and you just kind of get a sense of what the coffee-loving customer feels. Mm. And it feels like now we're, we're getting to a stage where it's much more you know, people come to our stand and they actually understand, oh, it's a coffee roaster. Whereas previously, it was like, what is it? What is coffee roasting? Yeah, I think it's a slow burner, but I think my, my, my leap of faith is that we'll get there in the end. I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about what role does technology play? Can you use a technological solution to absolutely guarantee that it's going to taste like that based on a technological setting? Or does the consumer need to play around and work at it each coffee we supply we create multiple recipes if you like okay for that which we encode in the qr code on the coffee packet and those recipes act as a starting point for the consumer to get the result they like but then the types of customers we sell to part of the enjoyment in it isn't 
necessarily just being given a taste. It's also in being able to explore modifying the flavor of coffee. But the challenge is to make that process of changing the way the coffee tastes to give them the result they like accessible because it can take years for someone to really understand how changing the roast recipe changes the flavor of coffee. So it's giving the consumer some ability to adapt the flavor of coffee, but making that accessible. So yeah, obviously it's a really pioneering. Are there other companies out there doing what you're doing? Yeah, there are some other competitors, but like the most immediate market for home roasting are people who probably best describe as sort of coffee geeks, uh, often like engineers, they're really into all the technology of it. And there's a number of other products which kind of appeal to that market. And it's a type of often much bigger than our machine. You'd have to put it in the garage. But our aim with this, we want to bring home roasting to a wider market. So we think of those initial customers as hobbyists, but we have a second sort of group, which we call pioneers, who's more of a coffee connoisseur. Mm -hmm. They're not so much into technology, but into getting a great result out of a coffee. So if our aim is to kind of break out of that highly niche market into a much bigger, it's obviously not going to be a mass market consumer product, but into a bigger market, I think. If we can get to a stage where, say, someone who would buy speciality coffee from an online subscription, where buying our roast and buying a subscription of our coffee is like a feasible alternative to that, which has the benefit of allowing them to change the way the coffee tastes by roasting it in different ways. I'm trying to understand the momentum in the market. I mean, it feels like with all the interest on coffee that they're is ultimately an amazing opportunity of people that love coffee. But as you said, no pun intended, it's a slow burn. I think it's it's true to say it is a slow burn. And there's barriers which have made home roasting not successful yet. And I think you could break that down as one is that you have a machine which makes the roasting easy. And we think we've overcome that. But another barrier is making a machine which you can sell at a, a price which is affordable and our product's currently quite expensive and the reason it's quite expensive is it's made in in our workshops in london so i think to break into the bigger market we need to reduce the production cost of a machine mm-hmm. so that's what we're working on now so the products you're competing against are i guess other kitchen appliances which people could spend their money on and with home roasting you're asking people to adopt like a totally new habit and the sales price of a machine currently is a barrier to that Mm -hmm. and then if we can combine that with a really great coffee supply which um for me that's what's exciting about this Mm. what's exciting to me is about creating a business which enables a sort of interaction between consumers and people in coffee growing countries Mm. often and much, much lower income. Yeah. So what we're trying to do is change the association of coffee from being something which comes from Italy, for example, Mm -hmm. because we think of Italian coffee, but that's 
because coffee is roasted in Italy, whereas actually the coffee may have come from Ethiopia or Colombia or wherever. So we want to change the consumer's perception of coffee from the roasting place to the growing place. So you're moving that brand association, which people have with coffee from the roaster to the grower. And I think by doing that, you create opportunities for people who can produce really great coffee to make a name for themselves and get consumers to understand coffee, not as a roasted product, but as a green product or as a raw product. Like analogy would be to think of wine. If you thought of a really, really high quality wine, you'd probably associate it with a specific vineyard, mm -hmm. like yeah, specific a variety of grape. But we, what we want to do is change people's association of a coffee to their actual specific producer. And that gives those specific producers the opportunity to earn more money. And, and have you got any kind of estimate for how big the home roaster market might be around the world? You, you, presumably you're selling around the world. As... Yes, America's are our biggest market. Just in general terms, if home roasting is the traditional home roasting market of these geeks, enthusiasts, mm -hmm. hobbyists, it's a small market. But if it's a market which encompasses connoisseurs or to a greater extent, the general public, it's a big market. And I don't know the exact size of it, but I'm confident it's a very big market because of simply the number of people drink coffee. And I don't think it for this to be a very successful idea financially, it doesn't need to be Nespresso or anything like that. Mm. But I'm totally confident there is an opportunity here. And my kind of leaf of faith, if you like, is that we can overcome the barriers which currently make home roasting only a niche. So why is the United States your biggest market? Well, you have a lot of people, obviously, but you also have, I think there's a little bit of a trend of sometimes the people we sell to aren't in big cities. And the US obviously has big cities, but it has a lot of space in between those cities. And I think if this allows people who live more in the countryside to get access to great coffee, which they might struggle to do otherwise. Is there a barrier that is is actually the fact that people just don't even know that they could roast their own coffee that they don't even think about it it's, it doesn't just come to their mind but if they all of a sudden the light came on they would be all very excited about it yeah totally that's one of the difficult things about this if you if you say compare a home roasting machine people who buy our machine might otherwise buy an espresso machine mm -hmm. and when someone buys an espresso machine they're trying to reproduce the experience they had in a coffee shop at home. And there's the challenge with home roasting. Like people often don't even, it's surprising, but some people don't realize that coffee's roasted hardly. They think coffee's brown. Yeah. So you, yeah, what you're first of all having to do is sell the concept of roasting coffee, which does make it challenge. It's, I think one of the things that makes it a sort of slow burn thing, but I'm confident we'll get there in the end. Andrew, thanks for being with us here today on Fifth Wave. Thanks, Jeff. I've really enjoyed it. Reflecting back on all the guests we've heard today, I'm surprised to say that the market has less momentum than I was expecting. Excuse the pun, this market is a slow burn. For it to become mainstream, the home roasting market will need to develop a machine that enables prosumers 
to effortlessly roast coffee without smoke in larger quantities while being more affordable than existing home roasting machines today. But I maintain the premise that home roasting is compelling. It offers an opportunity to build relationships with coffee growers directly, just like consumers already do today with their favorite wineries. And that's all for this week's Fifth Wave podcast. Please subscribe to The Fifth Wave wherever you get your podcasts. And if you've enjoyed this show and want to stay informed, visit worldcoffeeportal.com to get access to the latest coffee news, including the weekly coffee dose. Links are in the show notes. This episode was produced in the one and only Serendipity Studios in glorious Camden, North London. It was produced by myself, Jeffrey Young, Hannah Heath, James Harper of Filter Productions, and sound engineering by Chris Bristow. And this week's song from the Coffee Music Project is Mother Nature by Ellie Harris. And until next time, stay safe and stay caffeinated. <laughs>